Welcome to The Way Church. We're glad you're joining us for today's message. For sermon notes, service times, and more information, check us out online at thewaychurchva.com. Now let's join Pastor Matt Rothy with this week's message. Our sermon lesson is from the last chapter of the last book of God's inspired word, Revelation chapter 22. We're going to read more than just through verse 13, and these words will be the basis of our sermon this morning. Revelation 22, beginning at verse 6. The angel said to John, me, these words are trustworthy and true. The Lord, the God who inspires the prophets, sent his angel to show his servants the things that must soon take place. Look, I am coming soon. Blessed is the one who keeps the words of the prophecy written in this scroll. I, John, am the one who heard and saw these things. And when I had heard and seen them, I fell down to worship at the feet of the angel who had been showing them to me. But he said to me, don't do that. I am a fellow servant with you and with your fellow prophets and with all who keep the words of this scroll. Worship God. Then he told me, do not seal up the words of the prophecy of this scroll. Because the time is near. Let the one who does wrong continue to do wrong. Let the vile person continue to be vile. Let the one who does right continue to do right. And let the holy person continue to be holy. Look, I am coming soon. My reward is with me. And I will give to each person according to what they have done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last, the beginning and the end. Blessed are those who wash their robes that they may have the right to the tree of life and may go through the gates into the city. Outside are the dogs, those who practice magic arts, the sexually immoral, the murderers, the idolaters, and everyone who loves and practices falsehood. I, Jesus, have sent my angel to give you this testimony for the churches. I am the root and the offspring of David and the bright morning star. The spirit and the bride say, come, and let the one who hears say, come. Let the one who is thirsty come, and let the one who wishes take the free gift of the water of life. I warn everyone who hears the words of the prophecy of this scroll, if anyone adds anything to them, God will add to that person the plagues described in this scroll. And if anyone takes away words from the scroll of prophecy, God will take away from that person any share in the tree of life and in the holy city, which are described in this scroll. He who testifies to these things says, yes, I am coming soon. Amen. Come, Lord Jesus. The grace of the Lord Jesus be with God's people. Amen.
Jesus himself said, yes, I am coming soon. The apostle John and and the entire Christian church for all its history, in unison together, we with them respond, amen, come Lord Jesus. The grace of our Lord Jesus be with God's people, amen. The last words are the first words. The last words that your God spoke in scripture are the first words of his said here, in this space, in this building, in this church. The last words are the first words and they are words of grace. The grace of our Lord Jesus be with you. It's a blessing, a a benediction. It is a word of promise from our God to you that every good and perfect gift that he gives to you through his word, every promise is free. It's yours. It's a gift of his grace. It's God's one-way love to you. And these are not just words of grace, they're words of comfort. They're words of confidence. The Lord Jesus be with you through all the storms, through all the struggle. Yes, even through all the sins, through all the sadness, Jesus says, I will be with you. Let these last words of your Savior ring loudest in your ear. I'm never leaving you. I'm always with you. These are words of grace. They're words of comfort and confidence. And finally, they're words of action. They are words to get you up off your feet. How so? Jesus said it. Yeah, I'm coming. I'm coming soon. And what did he say in the interim? Look at verse seven. Look, I am coming soon. Blessed is the one who keeps, who obeys, who does. These words, the word. The last words are the first words. The last words that God gives to his church are our first words in this church. Because words matter. Words matter because Jesus is coming back. And soon, if you're following along in your worship guide, that's it right there. That's our big idea for the day, that words matter because Jesus is coming soon. Jesus is coming back. And so the words that this church speaks, they matter. The words that you and I speak, they matter. The words that, that we speak to one another, they're, they're God's words and they, they matter because Jesus is coming back soon. But he's not back. Not yet, anyways. Yes, Jesus is with us. We said he's promised to always be with us through his word, through his sacraments, through his spirit in us. But he's not here, not physically face to face. But we're here. And my friends, we're here. Like, look, we are here 
in this place. We're here in a church, our church, your church. Do you know why we bought this church? Do you know why? We bought this church so that people don't go to hell. We bought this church so people don't go to hell. And you're thinking, oh my goodness, all right, we get a church building and all of a sudden Matt starts turning into like fire and brimstone. Listen, hear me out. Hear me out. Actually, listen to what God has to say in Revelation 22. He says, first, blessed are those who wash their robes that they may have the right to the tree of life and may go through the gates into the city. Jesus says that. But then, immediately following that, God, your Savior, who died so that he would save all people from their sins and said explicitly in his word, he wants all people to be with him in heaven. He says, not all people will. Verse 15, outside are the dogs. Those who practice magic, the sexually immoral, the murderers, the idolaters, and everyone who loves and practices falsehood. Words matter. Words matter because Jesus is coming back and, and soon. So what do you do with these words where, where Jesus says, I love all people, but not all people will be in heaven? Jesus speaks these words. He speaks words about dogs, a derogatory term for people in Jesus' day who, who weren't down with worshiping the true God. Jesus describes them this way as, as strays, as one, runaways, because you and I, can, we can picture it. Imagine a dog who, who has a wonderful home with food and shelter and, and people who love them. What do dogs sometimes do? The door opens and they burst outside. Why? because they think on the other side, there, there's freedom. But what does a dog that runs away soon find out? It's not freedom. There's no food. There's, there's no shelter. There, there's no love. This is what Jesus is talking about when he describes people who have been given the house. They have been given the gospel. They've been given all of God's forgiveness. They've had their robes washed and they say, nah, I'm gonna go do my own thing. I'm going to reject the gospel. I'm, I'm going to run away. And he describes them, practicers of magic. It's not just like witches and wizards. It's, it's people who, who try to control God the Almighty through their own ideas. Adulterers and murderers, people who have lust and hatred in their hearts. Idolaters, those who just don't give God the number one spot in their heart and in their life. And, and people who practice falsehood. In other words, people who don't think these words matter. These words are, are true. You listen to that list of names, a list of names that Jesus describes as dogs and then denotes that these are damnable sins that anyone who does them will be in hell. You think, man, these aren't just things that, that those people do. I do these. And Jesus' words, they, they matter. 
that anyone who does wrong and yet insists that it's right will not have the tree of life, will not get to go through the pearly gates. That's what Jesus said. Words matter. Jesus is coming back. But you know what? You know what's even scarier than those words? It's those polls. It's the poll that Pew Research did just a year ago. And you want to know what it found out? That 40% of adults in America don't think these words matter. In other words, 40% of adults in America, two out of every five, they don't think that hell is real or that, or that God would, would let people go there on their own steam who run away from him, who, who reject him. You know what it is on the East Coast. It's three out of every five. Three out of every five people you could average out that drive past this building don't think these words matter. That's why we bought this building. We bought this building because God's words, these words matter, and Jesus is coming back. And so we speak words. This is our next fill in the blank, that we build this church better than just buy this church. We build this church with one clear purpose. It's to speak words. It's to speak words of warning, warning that God says that, look, you die doing wrong things, but insisting they're right. That's damnation, the definition of it, that you exclude yourself from the tree of life, from the pearly gates by doing wrong and and saying it's right. That's why we built this church, because words matter and Jesus is coming back. But these are not the only words that Jesus speaks. In fact, they're not the words that predominate Jesus word. And so they're not the words that dominate our speech either. In fact, it's because there's a better word that God speaks. You read it, verse 12. Look, I am coming soon, Jesus said. My reward is with me, and I will give to each person according to what they have done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last, the beginning and the end. Blessed are those who wash their robes that they may have the right to the tree of life and may go through the gates into the city. Look, I posed the question before, why did we buy this church? And I answered it by saying, it's so people don't go to hell. I said it that way because it's true, because it's rarely said that way, but also to grab your attention. You want to know another reason really the real reason we build this church, it's not just to speak words of warning. It's to speak words of wonder, to speak words of wonderful news that should be, shall be, and will be for all people. You have a Savior. You have a Savior who is the Lamb of God, who died for the sins of the whole world, and yet that includes you. Do you want to know what Jesus did when he died on the cross, rose from the grave, ascended on high, and sat down at the right hand of God the Father? He took out his pen and with his blood signed your name in the book of life. And that means that your sins have been washed away. 
You have seen this in the waters of your baptism, that God has, has cleansed you from every sin that you've done wrong. You've heard this when you hear the word of God, how the Holy Spirit has taken the clothes that we used to have all stained with sin, and what did he do? He washed out every stain with the water of life. He ironed out every wrinkle and blemish and now presents you not as a dog, but as the bride of Christ, holy and perfect. This is the wonderful news that we share. This is why we build this church. It is to speak this work, this word clearly and without condition that Christ Jesus is coming back. And what is he bringing? He's not bringing what you deserve. He said, I'm bringing my reward. I'm bringing the prize for which I died. I'm bringing my victory over sin, death, and the power of the devil, and I'm giving it to you. He wanted you to know this. That's why he repeated it, that he is the one speaking here, not some pastor, not some prophet. Verse 16, Jesus wanted you to know that this is for the church. This is for you. I, Jesus, sent my angel to give you this testimony for the churches. I am the root and offspring of David. I am that guy, the long-promised Messiah, true God and true man. And I am, what did he say? The one who's coming with thousands of thunder and lightning bolts? No. I am the bright morning star. Words matter. Words matter because Jesus is coming back. And so this is the word that we speak. Yeah, there's words of warning, but there's words of wonder. There's words of wonderful news that are for all people, and that includes you. I mean, did you see how good this word was? What did it make John the apostle, the disciple whom Jesus loved, do? It made him fall down. It made him worship at the things he heard and the things that he had seen. And you might think to yourself, John, you're one of the 12. You're, you're one of the inner three. You should know better than this, than to just fall down and, and worship the messenger and not the message giver, the alpha, the and the omega. What are you doing? That's how wonderful these words are. These words matter, and they move John to worship. Did you catch how the angel responded, though, to John? He said, don't do that. Words matter because Jesus is coming soon, so don't seal these words up. Spread them. The angel said this. First, I, John, verse 8, said, I am the one who heard and saw these things. And when I had heard and seen them, I fell down to worship at the feet of the angel who had been showing them to me. But he said to me, don't do that. I'm a fellow servant with you and with your fellow prophets and with all who keep the words of this scroll. Worship God. Then the angel told John, do not seal up the words of the prophecy of this scroll because... The time is near. Words matter. Words matter because Jesus is coming back. And what the angel said to John, he said to us as well. Don't seal these words up, spread these. So here's our next fill in the blank. Because words matter and Jesus is coming back, we break this church. We break this church with a clear purpose to spread the word. And I, I got to clarify for a second. We don't rip it apart or destroy it or shatter it. Picture a team. Like, you know, you break a huddle. 
What does a team do in the closing seconds of a tight game? They huddle up. They huddle up around their coach and they put their hands in together. And after the coach gives them the winning play, the play they have practiced, the play they know on which after they execute, the other side of that play is victory. What does the team do? They put their hands in. They look at one another. And after hearing the grace of their God, the comfort of their God, with confidence in their God, what do they do? They say, ready, break. And they go and they execute that play and they do the thing that their God, I mean, their coach had told them to do. And you think about it, that, that's what we do as a church. I could go into a long story about why we sit in curved seating around the word of God as it's proclaimed and in sacraments, but, but think about worship. It's what, it's what we do. We, we build this church with one clear purpose, to gather around words. Words of warning, words of wonderful comfort and good news, and we say break, and we, and we go. And we go out and we do the very thing that our God has given his church to do as the mission, as the play. We, we spread God's word. That's the one clear purpose that we have. But it's hard. And so you think about what we do after we break the huddle. We gather again. We huddle back up for refueling, for refreshing, for rest. That's the rhythm, that's the flow of God's people and God's church. We huddle together and we break the huddle. We build the church and then we break this church as we go out again every week, every year, until God comes back. And God knows it's hard. He knows that it's in fact so hard that, well, sometimes you want to quit or change the play, call an audible, if you will. So God says, don't do that. And he ends with a warning Would you look at verse 18 and 19? God said this. He said, I warn everyone who hears the words of the prophecy of this scroll, scroll, if anyone adds anything to them, God will add to that person the plagues described in this scroll. If anyone takes away from this scroll of prophecy, God will take away from that person any share in the tree of life and in the holy city, which are described in this scroll. This is a warning. Warnings, God's saying, don't change the words. Don't, don't call an audible on my play. And often these words are used to apply this way. You think about people who, who add to God's word. You know, those crazy people who, who make up all sorts of laws and crazy interpretations of what God's word has to say, you say, they better watch out, God's serious. And you think, those people, Thomas Jefferson, who cuts up the Bible, takes things right out, those people, watch out, God's coming after them. Yeah, there's that application, but there's application for us here too. No, we don't whack and hack at God's word and and build in things that are crazy or harmful to us. But you have your own brand of embarrassing addiction and subtraction. You add in little excerpts, little explanations. Don't you? 
You hear God's word. He says, remember the Sabbath day. In other words, I'm giving you a command to regularly go about that rhythm of the church and gather together around my word and sacrament. You say, yeah, yeah, yeah. We won't add to that, but there's exceptions when I travel and when I work and when I'm tired from work and family's just got a lot going on this weekend. These words matter. Anyone who adds anything to these words, God will add to that person the plagues described in this book. I mean, you may not whack and hack at this and remove things wholesale, because that might hurt somebody. But how often do we, we remove things that God has given to bless and benefit us? We remove any need for us to actually go about confessing our sins and and hearing words of forgiveness. We remove the need for us to actually be a part of the body of Christ and use the gifts that we have to serve him. We, We remove the call specifically that God gives to you to speak his words. You say, not me, that's for pastors and extroverts, but not, not, not me personally. It's bad for business. God can't really think that's, that's what I'm supposed to do. I, plus, I don't even know people. These words matter. If anyone takes away from this scroll of prophecy, God will take away from that person any share in the tree of life and in the holy city. These words matter. They have to. Because these words are the last words that God gives to his church. And they're the first words that we speak in here. And so we not only listen to explicitly what he is saying, but we listen to the tone, the posture that he gives it to us, the urgency that he pleads with us, the gravity that he lets these words sink into us. He says, look, four different times, soon, not am." Eh, <laughs> Maybe someday I'm coming back. No, he says, soon I am coming back. So don't change up the play. Don't call an audible. Don't add in your own ideas or interpretations. This is the mission of the church. We break this church with one clear purpose, and that is to spread his word, to spread his word of warning, to spread his word of good news, of great joy, that Christ Jesus is your savior who forgives all your sins. Yeah, even when we add and subtract. You wonder, okay, so we got to say words. What what words should I say? Well, as we close out here, I want to make it super practical, and I have said enough words, so I'm going to give you just one word to say. Can you guess what it is? I'll give you a hint. There's really just two words in all of the words of Revelation 22 that that God wants to communicate to us. They're words that, well, in Jesus' own way, he underlined, he highlighted. The first word is words. He says it six times and seven if you count different synonyms for these words, the word, my word. But there's another word he says just as often, seven times. Do you catch it? Coming. Seven different times, Jesus says, yes, I am coming. And he adds, soon. So you get the hint? 
What words do we speak? Well, how about on this special occasion, we boil it down to just one oration. Ready? Come. 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 Come and see your Savior. Jesus said to little children, what did he say? Let the little children come to me and don't hinder them because the the kingdom of heaven belongs to these. And so what do we say? We say, come. Jesus said to people who are tired, people who, well, aren't children and maybe understand or have experienced the weight and the worries of life, he said, come, come to me. You who are burdened and worried and I will give you rest. What do we say? Come. To people who are searching, to people who are looking, who are wondering, to people who are trying to fill themselves up and yet wherever they look in culture and society, they eat and eat and eat and it just doesn't satisfy, it just doesn't fill them. Jesus said, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never go hungry. So we say come. To people who have gone through life, experienced all of the crosses, all of the trials, all of the struggle, and made it to the end, Jesus says this. He says, well done, good and faithful servant. Come and share your master's happiness. Come, you who are blessed by my father, take your inheritance, the kingdom prepared for you since the creation of the world. So we say, come. This is the message of the church. Let me back that up. The mission of the church boiled down to its simplest terms. Term, come. That is the word that Jesus speaks. And so that's the word that we speak. It's that simple. Or is it? Is it that simple? I need to tell you about a dream, a fairy tale that some people, some people believe. And it's this. Christians believe it. Instead of speaking one word, they'd rather spend untold millions, well, to go along with this dream. You've heard it. If you build it, they will come. If you build it, then they'll come. If you build a building, then you don't have to go talk to your neighbor. You don't have to go talk to your relatives. You don't have to have that awkward conversation about Jesus because they'll just come. If you build it, they will come. You know what? If you just build it, then then someone will come rolling in here and say, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I've, I've always wanted that someone would show me love and appreciation by never speaking to me and just building a building that I would stumble upon. That's crazy. And yet, there's a subtle temptation, and we'll see. We'll see if it's, it's one that tempts us here to just well, believe that dream, that if we build it, they will come. Because I got to tell you, that is not God's word. Those words that if you build it, they will come, that is the devil's delusion. It doesn't work that way. How does it work? Open up to verse 17 with me. We'll close by reading this together. Verse 17 of Revelation chapter 22 says this. If you would read it with me. The spirit and the bride say, come. And let the one who hears say, come. 
Let the one who is thirsty come, and let the one who wishes take the free gift of the water of life. Do you know who the Spirit is? It is the Holy Spirit of the living God. Do you know who the bride is? It's you. It is God's favorite depiction of you, me, us, together, the church. And what does the Spirit and the bride say together in unison? Come. Come, this is the mission of the church, boiled down to its simplest word. Come, come and drink. Come and drink from the water of the life. It is free. There is no reservations for how much you drink. There need be no reservations for how often you drink. You have the full 1,000 proof, pure, distilled water of life, and it's an open bar. Drink all you want. Have as much as you need. Come again and again. This is the water that cleanses you. This is the blessed waters, the bath of your baptism, the fountain of your forgiveness. It's the reservoir of your righteousness. It's the pool that purifies you, and it is that drink that you can have again and again and again, and what it does is fuel you every fiber of your being for every good purpose that God gives you for his life. And so we say, come. Come and drink that. We say, as our vision for our church, that this church is a place for you. It's a place for you to connect to Christ and community. And make no mistake about it, we do mean a place, this place, our church, your church. But more than that, you know that that's not the church. The church is, well, you and me. It's speaking these words. And so this is our last fill in the blank. We be the church with a clear purpose, and you can guess it, to speak words. We be the church with that one clear purpose, to speak words, words that matter. And you want to know what? When by God's grace and under the power of the Holy Spirit, we do that, you know what other place we resemble? A place we will all be on that day when we will hear our God say, well done, good and faithful servant. He who testifies to these things, your Lord Jesus Christ says, yes, I am coming. Come, Lord Jesus. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with his people. Amen.